0: Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the podcast where I mean, you know what we're going to talk about cuz you're looking at the title right now. I don't think since when we started this podcast that we would be talking about a movie like this, one that spans outside of the MCU and covers the entire like Spider-Verse of Mar- of Marvel movies. I you know what? Like let's just get straight into it. I'm going to just introduce our panel here. Uh, starting off here, his mom, gave this movie two thumbs up. And uh, we're here now trying to get his take on the movie. Super producer, Jay Christie, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I can confirm that was her review, and my view is very similar. All
0: right. And uh, really, this is therapy for our next guy. Uh, he's just trying to get through this so he can actually watch the Hawkeye finale in peace. Anthony Canton III, how are <laughs> oh, you, my guy? No. Oh, no.
2: man. Like, man. I just want to get started, so glad to have everybody here today. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Uh, and welcoming back to the show, there are four scenes in this film that had this man on the verge of tears, and we're going to figure out what those are. Welcoming him back, uh, I guess we can use our made-up names, and if that's the case, that's Dragonfly Jones, but if we're Quentin Beck exposing people's governments, it's Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, welcome back. Wait a minute. Happy to be this here, This is fellas.
3: Dragonfly Jones?
0: yes
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. <laughs> yes it is yes, that, yes that, it sweet. is it is i yes,
0: the dragonfly i'm sorry we, 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 yeah yeah there we go I'm and uh, that. that other voice you hear he while everyone else in the theater was screaming for joy for every markout moment this man here was just informing everyone we're all getting covid it's howard <laughs> bryant friend of the show welcome back howard how are you thank
3: you that is a good line it is not true Mm -hmm. I just said it at the beginning.
0: You said it at the beginning, (laughs) okay. Okay. I just
3: looked around and said, yeah, we're in trouble tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who is in trouble is really Peter Parker, which is the movie that we're talking about here. Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I don't even know where to start about this. It is, like for me personally, as being like a diehard Spider-Man fan, this is like everything I wanted and more. I want to hear the thoughts around the room. And I actually want to start with something that, I feel like for everything I've read so far about the movie in terms of uh, reactions to it, podcasts I've listened to, not understanding where someone ranks this, whether it's in their Spider-Man movies, MCU movies, Marvel movies, comic book movies as a whole, it really seems to inform how they actually like, think about the movie as a whole. So I'm going to just go around the room here. I'll start with you, Tyler, since we haven't had you on in a while. <laughs> Tyler, mm-hmm. how was your experience watching it? How did you come out of it? Where does this even like, sit for you coming out of it now?
4: Um. It's just just an amazing movie. I'm I'm ready to be a prisoner of the moment and say it's the best Spider-Man movie ever already. Live mm-hmm. action that is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know where, where it ranks as as far as MCU <laughs> movies go, but I'm going to be full on prison of the moment say it's the best Spider-Man movie. It's better ever. than Spider-Man 2? Yes. Mm. You gotta. I to I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I can say that confidently. I will say that Spider-Man 2 has perhaps the best moment in any Spider-Man movie for me. The most emotional moment was when when the whole train, you know, yes. saw Peter's mask mm-hmm. come off and and they kept that secret. That mm. that scene always hits me hard. I think that's mm. probably the best scene in the Spider-Man's um you know cinematography. Of, well, you know, whatever. But I do think this is the best Spider-Man movie. I'll stand firm on that. I like I said I'll be an all out prison of the moment on that take.
0: I, I'm with you on that. I feel like. There are a couple, like, we've done enough of these and like, ranks so often that I can tell when my recency bias, like, will overwhelm and, like, know it will fall off. I don't think it will in this case for me. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident. Um, Howard, you don't seem to, a- as high, I- I'm sure you're high on the movie. Uh, how was your experience? Like, where are you sitting with this? Where, where I know, it's a struggle.
3: Uh, let's we? put it this way. I don't know yet. Okay. Yeah. And here's why I don't know. I don't know yet because the theater experience, okay let's put it this way, <laughs> it was phenomenal. I am yep. putting this near endgame level mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the reason is because this is why we love movies. This is why yes. I will never yep. be a prisoner at my house. Mm-hmm. I can't watch these movies on a 55 inch TV screen. You had to be there opening night with all that energy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how great a movie this was because everybody was so excited. It made everything we saw a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So if I go home and watch this movie six months from now in my house, I'm not quite sure yet because I have issues and questions. Mm-hmm. But boy, people were waiting for this. They loved it. And mm-hmm. the energy in that theater was was end game level and the review. It was just amazing. It was an amazing movie experience, and it just told me once again that whatever happens with this pandemic and everything else, you cannot take the big screen away from us.
4: Yeah, nope.
1: no. Jake, I hear you. Uh, not, I hear you agreeing along. Yeah. So I think that because when we did the Spider Man old Spider Man movies on the Patreon, I think that it was no secret that while I like Spider Man Two a lot, I think Spider Man Two is a great movie. I think that I just have. Uh, you know, root problems with Tobey Maguire's betrayal of Spider-Man. So it should come as no surprise to say that I... This is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Um, because and you've been t- high on Tom Holland. Like, yes, I've been really high Tom on Tom Holland, Holland. is the
3: best Spider-Man, right? Oh Yeah, yeah. a yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that this... Um, I think the thing that... Well, and obviously, the theater experience is amazing. Um, and I also think that... Well the problem of the movie was so massive i think the thing that it really that the the root of the problem the core of it was the things that are so relatable about spider-man is him just being a kid and trying to Mm -hmm. hold things together with duct tape like i think that the most emblematic image of spider-man is him in spider-man homecoming trying to hold together the satan island ferry with his webs and i felt like this even though like i said it was multiversal and all of this stuff um i just it, it made me really like so deeply for this only could have been a spider-man movie even though the multiverse exists for everyone only spider-man would have had this movie and so yeah it's probably my it's probably my favorite and the theater growing experience was besides the no one wearing masks because in florida (laughs) it was amazing and just it was electric and you could just tell that everyone who was there was waiting for it forever and like you know the same thing as that it really was like endgame and i was not expecting to feel something like endgame for a while and so to feel it now is really a gift
0: yeah no unreal uh ac well, listen, man, like, I
2: think if you really just go back and and try and put everything together, I just remember 2002 Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire at the beginning and the fact that 19 years later, we're here with this. And I think the, the scope of that, I think people got to understand it because it's not just the MCU, it's the whole Spider-Man canon. And that's yeah. what makes this film, like, ridiculous to me. The fact that we knew that these cameos were coming it still hit us the way that it did those emotions were real like uh I just go go back to as far as theater experiences goes I went with my brother I've been taking I've been I was taking him to those movies when we were younger and the fact that we see this and he's not a crier he cried at this movie yeah. I I mean listen I'm an emotional person generally mm-hmm. so I was, I was gonna be crying in this movie and I just think the the levels and the feelings that I wasn't expecting, this movie hit me like a ton of bricks, like a ton mm. of bricks. It's one of those that's going to sit with me for a long time after this, just because of the fact that they, they it, in a movie where, you were, where I was specifically concerned that Peter's story was going to get lost in all of this stuff and all of these characters and all of these people coming back, they still made it. It always goes story. back to
0: Peter. Like it always goes it, back to Peter one. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. It, right. It goes back to Peter one. And the feeling that it gave in terms of what that storytelling was at the end of it, the fact that it, everything for him completely changed, um, mm-hmm. it just made everything great. And there was just so many markout moments, so many amazing things that we're going to get to. But. Yeah, for me, best Spider-Man movie live action that I've seen. It edges out Spider-Man 2. And don't get me wrong, I love Spider-Man 2. Love it, right. love it, love
0: it. However, Notice that you
3: guys keep talking about live action. So you still think Spider-Verse is
0: tops? I don't, yes. but I know most people do. I, I'm i sitting with this as just like my top I, Spider-Man I, movie. Honestly, currently. Howard,
2: I got to wait a
0: little bit and really think about it and see it one more time.
2: I'm going to go one more time in the theater. And then I will make my determination, but I would say that both of these are like right neck and neck. Yeah, I, the, I so one, the two things for mm-hmm. me for
0: that though, yeah. Howard, is like one with animation, you just can do so many more things that you can't do in live action that just makes it very hard to compare. And two, one is a Miles Morales story and the other is a Peter Parker story. Yep. Absolutely. So not, so like I understand. just don't know. Mm-hmm. And and just like at least for the last bit before we move on, um it's my it's my favorite. I already said uh like, I have a heavy bias towards Spider-Man, so it would be very hard for me to mm-hmm. think of it in a rational way, but there is something about this, and especially, like, when you actually get to see all the Spider-Men uh, on screen, this is, I had this feeling, like, you know when you say, like, the playoffs are better with LeBron, or the mm-hmm. League is better when you have the Warriors being good? Like, mm-hmm. Marvel is better when you have Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I think. Marvel,
3: yeah, I was gonna say that to me to to AC's point about this, the the most in, the the way that I think about these stories and the way that the the way that these things hit you the way they do, is because you're not just watching the movie for what's on the screen. You're watching mm-hmm. the movie because you know the business of what's taking place behind the scenes. Completely. You know the fact that this entire MCU story, all begins because Marvel Comics is going bankrupt and they buy upper deck trading cards and so they sell off the x-men and they sell off the fantastic four and they sell off spider-man and you're waiting for the day when is this family coming back together right Mm -hmm. when are we going to get the flagship you know and when i talk about endgame you're talking about endgame because when tony stark is dying pepper says to him you can rest now Mm -hmm. that's the key that spider-man's coming back that the that the yeah. king is coming back to the franchise and then the Marvel Sony deal falls apart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a real In credit real to Robert Downey Jr. that he did what he did with Iron Man. Exactly. You but did like,
3: what you yeah. had to do, and now you forget it's that, time. Like,
0: he's still what, a middle tier.
3: That's right. And I try to know. tell people this because now that everything is so big, I've had all these people come and talk about Marvel, and I try to explain to them if you're a comic book reader of a certain generation Iron Man wasn't even a second tier mm-hmm. comic book right yeah, nobody no. read Iron Man I mean so yeah. you know the I always refer to the Avengers as they're the Wu-Tang of comic books right I mean they all did their own thing but mm-hmm. very few Avengers in fact they're not even Wu-Tang because at least Wu-Tang stands on on their own as individuals very few Avengers had their own comic Thor had his own comic that was mm-hmm. successful but for the most part It's an ensemble cast, and the whole story of the MCU is trying to figure out how to make this what it needs to be for us Mm -hmm. without your flagships. Mm -hmm. And this movie, just like Endgame, was one of those that looked like it was finally bringing everybody together under the same tent. And it was, it's emotional. This is your life when you're thinking about how iconic these characters are. You're talking about massive amounts of time that you've spent with them. And... You're watching both. You're watching the business side outside the movie, and then you're watching what you're getting on screen and can they pull this off?
4: Yeah. And you I know, go going yeah, go back ahead. to what you to what you said, Howard, about how how, you know, when when Marvel was scrambling and they sold off all the A listers, right? Mm-hmm. And they were left with these, you know, C and D listers like the Avengers. I'm gonna tell you, you know, growing up we were not rocking with the Avengers like that, bro. If mm-hmm. you would have tried to trade right. like a, like a Captain America comic book for an X Men comic book for like a Bishop comic book, bro, no, 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 eight year old was Cap- going for that. Who would right, a Captain America, anything. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we were not going for that. But they finally got their, you know, Spider Man is the fucking Michael Jordan of, of Marvel Comics, right? Like, if, you, if yes. you're talking the the trilogy of American superheroes, it's Batman, Superman, Spider Man, Spider-Man, right? So, right? so, so they finally got their A lister. They got their Michael Jordan, and they nailed this trilogy.
0: They nailed it. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's just get into it. Not only did they get their A-lister, they got all three versions of him at once in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we all knew it was coming. And to AC's point, it didn't seem to matter because I lost my fucking mind when it happened around the room. I don't even like someone take the mic here. How did you react when we first got Andrew? Then we got Toby. Then we got every interaction for like over an hour like this is way more than I, th- I think one thing that we didn't necessarily predict is how much of this we would get yeah i think I was, most of us had really tempered expectations
3: the level of fan service mm-hmm. was off the charts the level of yeah. fan service was was end game level when they all came back mm-hmm. right it was like mm-hmm. you had to and you had to nail this mm-hmm. and and once again when i say i'm not sure it's because the place when i went to see black widow right mm-hmm same theater same same room 260 seats 224 available Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. there were like 30 people there at the movie there are 36 people there Mm -hmm. this one 260 seats they're like 270 people Mm -hmm. and so when when the portal opened i didn't (laughs) know it was going to be garfield i didn't know he was going to be first the place was roaring it was going it was Mm -hmm. going wild and, and I the was build like,
0: toward it, too, of exactly. just, like, you see him at, as a dis- at a distance, and you're like, okay, that's definitely not Tom. Yeah, but my thought was, was this guy's was too tall. About
3: it was, yeah. I, didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know who it was or why he was coming through at first. Yeah. I guess people had known that that first portal was going to be one of them, and they were mm-hmm. cheering before I could even see the outline.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that really made it work is that—I think the thing about you saying they nailed the fan service is important— because I think when people talk about fan service being bad, it's when they it's done clumsily in yep. a way yep. that like doesn't feel like that doesn't actually reward the fans. That um, in that it, a lot of it I think the the moments that they tried to have the fan service in. Obviously there were some like one off jokes like the I'm something of a scientist myself type thing, but I think a lot of it were like the emotional beats that like it's a fan servicey moment to have them all talk about the phrase with great power comes great responsibility, but that also is an emotional part for the characters. It's not like they just like cut to them doing that. Something that's the thing I didn't
0: me. see coming. And that hit me like, a like a ton of bricks. Yeah.
1: Th- that like, while there were the one-off jokes and stuff like that, they mostly they mostly felt true to the character. Like the whole bit about the organic webs. Mm-hmm. That that's obviously mm-hmm. a thing that people have been joking about forever. But also, at the same time, they played it as, if you had three Man, Spider-Man, S- Spider-Man, and two of them made their own webs, and one of them had webs shoot out of the wrists, that would be something that they would talk about a lot. And it was played, yeah. like, kind of naturally and not um, just like, haha, you see what we did here? Um, and so, like, I think that it just, I just felt giddy. It's also it just, a credit
0: to, like, the chemistry being so on point. Yes. Immediately. Yeah.
1: Yes, and the, and the, I just felt giddy the entire time, all three of them on screen together. It was like there was an electricity in the theater.
2: Yeah, I want to hear you, Tyler, first, and then I'll go.
1: Um, I want to say that
4: I always felt like Andrew Garfield got a raw deal. Completely. I thought yeah. that we agree. I thought, yeah, I thought he was a phenomenal Peter Parker, and I thought he fell short as a Spider-Man because who gives a shit about Electro and Lizard? You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> right, I, right, I, right. I felt, I felt like those movies failed him a bit, and yes. it it felt good to to have. This kind of redemption story for him in this movie. You he know also what, I
1: mean? what that's we, a great point. what we all agreed on. I think I think at least in the Discord is that like, while I think that to- Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland are great actors, Andrew Garfield is like a fucking incredible going to win Oscar someday actor. And he just kinda, right. yeah. in some of those scenes he was just blowing them off the screen in a way that was like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy really like if yeah, he, he wants to play Sp- mm-hmm. if he mm-hmm. wants to play Spiderman again, that's fine. But like he should be doing anything else he wants. You know,
2: there yeah. there is something to be said for. You come back. It's one thing to come back, but then it's another to come back with the energy that you do. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt like Toby was a
0: little more
2: happy to be there, happy to be back. He's the
0: elder statesman.
2: He's the elder Mm -hmm. statesman. And that that part of it, like uh, and I loved how he kind of played the mentor to both of them. Um, Andrew, however, came back like. I have a second opportunity to Mm -hmm. get this going again. And uh, the character was left off with a little bit of a bad taste. And you come back and he brought it in a way that was stunning. I will say this right now. And we may talk about scenes, however, but I'll get this one off now. You cannot have a scene where he catches MJ in the same instance um, as we got in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where he doesn't save Gwen. It's one thing to do the catch and do the fan service. It's one yeah. thing to do it. However, he sold it afterwards where he's, yeah. he's I mean, quite
0: literally, you, you put it that, in the right hands.
1: It's really, it, it, if he doesn't yes. sell it with legitimate emotion, it is the cheesiest thing in the world. But the scene very quickly becomes not about, oh, he saved her this time. It becomes, oh my God, he's still so shattered it's by lost. it. It's lost. It's still mourning. Yeah. It's the, that yeah. is
3: the, the story of this, is that what he, what, when i was watching this the, one of the first things that hit me was i need to re-watch the andrew garfield spider-man i need to go watch him again
1: um, the original to, one i the first one i think is actually like really really good We just to, it. Just to Very see solid.
3: just to see if the raw deal i've been giving him was deserved right because i wasn't a huge fan of the andrew garfield spider-man because i felt like he was way. Too, he was a lot like the MJ character now, just a little too cool, a little less excited about having superpowers. I'm like, dude, if you can stick on the walls, you should be really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I know I would be. I mean, mm-hmm. like the very first thing about <laughs> about superhero movies is, if you can do something like that you have to be really excited
0: about it because mm-hmm. you're- I, I think unfortunately that's the writing that got in the way of the performance. Well, there. whatever it is, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that when you, yeah.
3: and watching it, it was the reason why that one dropped, but watching him now in this one, to Jake's point, really, he was- There's an exuberance. To- exactly, he was, he was energetic, he was powerful, and there was a melancholy there to all of them. Mm-hmm. I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man looking tired and looking mm. old because he's mm-hmm. tired and he's older I right? <laughs> mean, yeah. and he's got a bad back and this is what it this is what time and age looks like
2: mm-hmm. yeah those yeah. references that and i think you My know back. to the references that were in the fan yeah. service that was mentioned earlier if you think about all of the spidey canon specifically the raimi trilogy they literally went through every touch t- touchstone right. moment that we ever had in that, and I thought that was just incredible, and they found a way to make it organic,
3: yeah, I thought they did an, a phenomenal job, and I think even the introductions of the characters, I thought they mm-hmm. did a, a great job in, and I was at first i was I was concerned about how they were going to pull it off, mm-hmm. um especially when you see you know um, Alfred Molina make his first appearance on the on the road to the airport. And I'm like, okay, well, how are they going to make all this come together? And But what I thought was really strong watching this was how well the actors pulled off the we're not supposed to know each other. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really tight because, because those are the things that when you're making a film, you're like, okay, we got to nail this. This is going to look really cheesy if we blow this. This is going to look awful if we blow this. Mm-hmm. And... And it just didn't happen they did a really such a smart job with a with a subject that everyone's going to have hard opinions on
4: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um going off what you said Howard, about how you you know you you gave garfield a raw deal i kind of i was someone who gave toby Maguire a raw deal interesting you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i loved the you know his trilogy you know spider-man 3 i'm fn on it but you know i did <laughs> love those movies but i wasn't I was but see, I'm 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 gonna give you some background on why I wasn't too crazy about him as Spider-Man, right? Those those movies came out when I was, you know, late teens, early twenties, where you know, I you had to be really cool to impress somebody that age, right? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And and Toby just never really hit it for me. You know, the inside mm. joke of Spider-Man has always been he's a dork to everybody else, but he's cool to us who know who, who he's Spider-Man. Mm. And Toby just seemed like a dork all around to me, right? Yes. So they, they, you, they really you know played what I mean? that up. They, that they, is, they uh, really play him uh, as like the
0: simp, yeah. nerdy dork <laughs> character. Yeah. 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 yeah, but
4: but but I will say he redeemed himself, and I think his best moment in the movie was when he stopped Tom uh, when when he stopped Tom from killing Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, and completely. he didn't say a single word. What mm-hmm. what he did was you know he held the glider and he was you know just just gazing into into Tom's eyes because he wanted you know him to he, he didn't want to convince him that he was better than this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It he was wanted, like his and, performance. Know, it was steady. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he wanted Peter to convince himself to to come to. Mm-hmm. Th- his own terms that he was better than that. And I think that his silence in that moment was just so powerful. Well, which yeah, is, and- it's
3: it's Amazing Spider-Man 122 all over again. Like, let's face it, let's count the number of times they've had to do that scene. Yeah? Amazing Spider-Man 122 is when Goblin dies, right? And mm-hmm. in the first Spider-Man, the Maguire Spider-Man, you know, that's how that film ends, right? I mean, that's how Osborn dies and they've got to do it again. And what they didn't do in the first one 20 years ago, which they did in this one, was to show... Peter's Rage. Mm -hmm. Because if you go back and read that comic book, he's about to kill the Goblin. He's beating the shit out of him, right? Mm -hmm. And then the glider comes by and he ducks in the glider, kills Norman Osborn. Showing my age here, 1973.
2: (laughs) Um, It's a great issue. It's
3: a (laughs) phenomenal issue, right? Marvel Tales 93, (laughs) if you just want the reprint. And so, um, you know, so when you're looking at that, that's a powerful scene because he's got to be the mature one. Mm-hmm. right he is yep. the mature one and these guys who knows what they have seen and 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 i felt like that um each one of those guys also played their age in the canon really well mm-hmm. you know like even though we know tom holland is really the young guy it wasn't as though mcguire and garfield were equals either it, it yeah. was clear that toby yes. maguire was the elder mm-hmm. statesman of yeah. the three
0: yeah 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 mm-hmm. totally i i think um yeah it just works so well to see the dynamic because like we talk so much about how they interact with each other but we actually we actually get toby and andrew for a good enough amount of time because they make their entrance together just Mm -hmm. talking to each other and i think what is great in those moments is you know spider-man is such a perpetually lonely character yeah and and you and like especially like i've seen now countless times over whether i'm like scrolling through a TikTok or just like just the scenes like filmed in theater over and over again. So I've seen it over and over. And each time I watch it, there is just so much that isn't said just in their kind of their body language. That just says like, I found my other Mm, in a way that like, they know it doesn't exist in their own world all the time. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, so we bring back this Spider-Man characters for sure, but then we had their villains as well. And we've already touched upon a couple of them. Uh, they finally got to balance a ton of villains in an MCU movie, well, for once. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, go one for quick, it. one quick comment. Howard Bryant, rule number one: <laughs> Ensemble cast superhero movies usually fail. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just two. There's yeah. not enough space for all of them. I was like, two, two is hard. Three, yeah. four. It's like usually it is the absolute uh, recipe to fail. It's not going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. It can I think, never work. I, I think the thing that always—it's the same with Endgame and Infinity War—and works well for this is like while nobody who made any of those movies made the plan that one day we would put bring them all together in this one movie. You don't have to introduce anyone in this, and I think that's, that's right. what allows for the opportunity yeah. of the ensemble to actually work out. And at the same time, they also—you know—it's clear. It's more. Um, Doc Ock and Green Goblin with everyone else. It's kind of a lizard movie. It's definitely not a lizard movie. No. Um, (laughs) Did I I read correctly Thomas Hayden Church didn't even really get involved with the movie? Like, even the footage at the end where he turns back is actually reused footage from Spider-Man 3? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is correct. Um, But, like, let's talk villains just because that's a thing in general when it comes to MCU. Like, Doc Ock, fantastic, has a good moment where he... Uh, he has his redemption arc, which is like what Doc Ock should have, especially within the realms of like Marvel movies specifically. But let's talk about that motherfucker named <laughs> the Green Goblin.
4: Oh, my God. Uh, oh my uh, God.
2: Uh, Default, Tyler, Default, you're shaking Default, your head.
4: Uh, <laughs> g- give me some <laughs> thoughts. on it, it, A ridiculously good performance from William Dafoe. Um, it, it unnerved me and he had me on edge in the best way that his character is supposed to. Yes, it's just a, a ten out of ten for that. And I will say something that I think was very powerful and very intentional that they did here was we saw him break that mask, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we yep. got introduced to him. So we were, you know, we're just coming out of phase three, right? Where where the big bad there was a fucking ten foot tall lavender alien, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we and then we come to this very human. You we went know, from grimace to Ronald villain. McDonald, like we're right, we're, we're, we're <laughs> main yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. We we went to this very human. Um, you know, incarnate of evil. You know, mm-hmm. um, after shifting from from the alien that Thanos was, and yeah, I like I said, I, I think it's intentional. I think it's setting the the stage for Phase Four because you know the big bad here is going to be you know King the Conqueror, you know Jonathan Majors, you know super right. clean cut nice guy, and he's going to be the fucking super villain of this whole phase. So yeah, I, I think that was done intentional, and it was extremely effective. To I kinda, mean, they fixed you know, the make look. that shift from fantasy to reality. Yeah, you know, how man? sickening!
0: Yeah. Like I and they did it in such a natural way that I didn't see Cummings like when he hits May and then gets on his glider, and he has the hood on, and you get, like, the first, like, proper look at, like, Goblin as is. is. I'm like, holy shit, it's the green Goblin. Mm. Like, yeah. I couldn't... I was so thrown. Like, it, I don't know that I, if I screamed in the moment. I definitely internally screamed, but I'm just, like, everything that we've joked about. Like, when you talk about how they fix so much, like, even things that you didn't necessarily need fixing, how they fix Power Ranger Goblin and turn him into, like, the <laughs> final form, Power Ranger, God. <laughs> they had Green Goblin in foam posits, and those were real, though. In <laughs> yeah. posits, bro. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think one thing that was really cool, like, I, I just think what was so cool about his character is just he's so evil. I don't yeah. think we really have gotten something to that level of vindictiveness, uh, yes, in, MCU. I think Jay, that Peter. it's
1: the problem I've discussed in here before is like. I think, like, post-Dark Knight, every superhero movie is, like, if you don't think the villain has a point, it's bad writing. When Like, that's not true. There are plenty <laughs> of people who are just, like, you know, selfish and evil for their own reasons. And so I think that it was... I think it's a product of bringing a villain in from 2002. Because even in the original Spider-Man, his motivation was purely just evil, you know, and craziness. Yes. And so I think that it was really refreshing to see... It, it, was, it was refreshing to see because it also functioned in the story of, like, you know it kind of shattered Peter's belief that everyone can be reasoned with and that, you know, that everyone is just waiting to be redeemed. Um, and that, I think it was the perfect person to have him learn the lessons of the the troubles of trying to say of save the world, is that sometimes you do run into people who are like Buzzsaws, who are just evil mm-hmm. and who are going to destroy what's in their path. And so I think that he was kind of like a necessary agent of chaos. Whereas all the other villains in this were more sympathetic in their original portrayals that this guy's just like, no, I'm just here to mess everything up, to kill everyone you love, et cetera, et cetera.
0: You see, yeah, uh, I, think that, I want mm-hmm. you to talk a little bit about the actual fight scene in the building where uh, Green Goblin takes Peter Parker to Suplex City uh, and throws him oh, through every goodness. possible floor and wall.
2: I was like, was that Willem Dafoe or Brock Lesnar? My goodness,
3: I saw German Suplex. Did, where did Green Goblin's su- super strength come from? I'm like, he can't fight like that.
0: No, you <laughs> can at least based on the Marvel movie version because like into the 2002 like, Spider Man he can in the yeah. 2000. I mean, if you Spider-Man, think about that final
2: strong. fight scene in the 2002 version, he's giving Peter the hands. Like he he's giving the, Peter he all the, shit the hands. Of yeah, yeah, and so to kind of see that again, I think the thing that stuck out to me during that scene was. Peter punching him, and then he's just smiling and reminding me of the Joker in The Dark Knight. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, this is really, really escalating here. So I think if you think about just not only the fact that Willem Dafoe does his own stunts, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild at his age to be doing that, um, yeah. shout out to him for really committing to that. It was just it felt so physical. And I think you can even translate from not only that scene, but even when him and Peter are fighting on the shield at the end. the fight just like, felt I mean, you get so to see
0: Peter actually because like when we talk about power levels, you get to see Peter really like go in and not hold their yes. punches in the way that Andrew Garfield's uh, Peter Parker explained that after the death of Gwen Stacy, like he wasn't doing that either. And right. It's I mean it, I think it's one vicious. Thing, it's vicious. Yes. And it's very cool. To actually see Spider-Man in the rare moments where it makes sense for his character to actually like go off and like lose it, uh, like when he's uh, brought to the breaking point there. But um, back to Goblin. Since like Howard, I actually don't really have a good background when it comes to the comics, like as a Norman Osborn, like to me, this is like how I think Norman Osborn should be based on what I remember from the animated series and just like the things I've read on the side. Like he just seems like the most evil adversary for Spider-Man. But like, how does it go for you when you see it?
3: Yeah, I think that um, one of the issues that I have with these films and also with movie making in general today Mm -hmm. is the idea that um... that we need to explain a villain that there has there has to be some good reason why a villain is a villain sometimes villains are just villains i sort of like Mm -hmm. the uncomplicated villain right um... i don't like the fact that we need to sympathize with them and i was very concerned in this movie about whether or not empathy could be a plot line Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. is it possible to sell a movie based on caring about people who we know the goal is not to redeem Electra, it's to beat him up, right? I'm like, I want to mm-hmm. see some fighting. I want to see, I want to give me some action, right? So I was really concerned about whether or not this was going to work, and it was the fan service part of it. Um, was the movie going to choose the fan service of the three Spider-Men and tying that bow together over the actual action of trying to beat this Sinister Six type combination? Mm. Like, which, What is the better editorial choice? They chose the former i was sort of looking for the latter right Mm. and then norman osborne comes in the green goblin character gave you a little bit of that he was like okay i'm gonna i'm here to fight okay (laughs) i don't know what you guys are here for i don't want to go back i'm here to fight (laughs) um i thought that the the goblin character i don't like that much psychoanalysis i don't like you know when we talked about this you know with with avengers i don't like Constantly having to wonder whether or not you can pull you have to pull your punches because you don't know if you're punching Bucky or if you're punching the Winter Soldier. After a while it just mm-hmm. gets tiresome. You know after a while it's you know it's like okay who are you. And so like the whole mind control thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to I don't know Octavius whether it comes to just get rid of a lot of that and just give me the bad guy. And what right. what Willem Dafoe gave you there was this is all nice and cute and everything but i'm the green goblin dog Mm -hmm. and i'm here to fuck you guys up right and this is what i'm here to do and that is the like the roaring moment where we're here to fight yeah and i really did like that because i was concerned in the movie itself about whether or not there was too much dialogue whether it was bogging down i'm like okay while you three spider-men are like having fan service what are those guys doing out there in the real world (laughs) like i want to see some scenes of mayhem i want to see somebody doing something um and while you're on the subject of villains i just quickly wanted to say even though it was an upgrade even though i feel better even though he's not blue and what i don't know why they couldn't get electro right i was very disappointed i just the,
0: the Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx, like how did everyone yeah, feel about him?
3: Jamie Foxx electro one. I thought he was thought just chilling, the, like having the a good time wrong. He still, it looks like the shocker, you
2: know, fair. I mean, it yeah, does. yeah, that's a fair point. It does, you
3: know, so that, and he absolutely looks like the became Woodbine shocker, the shocker mm. we've already seen in the, in the right. movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that was problematic. I do like the fact that they, that with both, you know, that, that they tried to give him more than what he was. Mm-hmm. in 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 the garfield spider-man because that was that was the worst villain in all of the movies yes it's terrible
2: legitimately terrible and mm-hmm. i think i think it's interesting because i mean for me just generally seeing the facelift of the character was good and i thought it was just almost like a lighter jamie you got do anything jamie. with
0: that character from his movie and it would have been an improvement yeah exactly
3: right. yeah Probably. yeah got know what to 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 be do
2: with and that was the thing for me
3: yeah, the problem is they don't know what to do with electro because electro is exactly that guy right electro is as a as a character he is an uncomplicated bank robber mm. he's a criminal that's all he is right yes. i mean and that's kind of yeah cool. i, I, think, just that's, a I greedy think that's a case dude. where it's
0: just bogged down by the history of like his character already exists and has this like very deep rooted like problematic background that yeah. they can only do so much to. Well, he needed redemption image in this because yeah. of what exactly. happened to him.
1: I yeah. think that they did the best they could I th- with the time they had. Sure. In that, I think that they actually made his want in the story pretty uncomplicated. In the way you're talking about Howard, it's not really robbing banks, but I think I'd like that his. Want was basically like, oh, the energy here because of, like, the arc reactor or whatever is Mm -hmm. better, and so I want to stay here. I did like that twist. It's, like, like, rudimentary, but I like that he has a very simple reason for not wanting to go back. But I do think that, like, um, yeah, that they kind of were I, I didn't know how they could have gotten better. I did see a great tweet about it though, which was that if what was it? I think ACU under tweeted it. We're like, if my lineup was that crisp, I wouldn't want to go back to my other role either. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, exactly. I think yep. that yep. I definitely Eli think was, that that's was true. Cooking
4: boy, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, he was just happy. Like he he just flat out said him himself. Like I'm somebody here. You know, yeah. because he can yeah. harness electricity in a way he couldn't in his in his old world. So yeah, that was basically his motivation. He was finally a somebody. Yeah, uh, well, I, like- I,
3: I like that to a point. And I, I like that they gave him something more, yeah. right? right. Um, but I think overall as well, I mean, the the big point for me when it comes to like why this movie was important and why it was really, really good is we talked about this with Eternals, I think. We talked mm-hmm. about the idea of apocalypse fatigue. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about yeah. this ever since Endgame that the power of this story of of this MCU has been when are we going to get back? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get back to telling smaller simpler stories? How do you how do you get your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man back to the neighborhood? It right? was
0: impressive that they took they told a small multiverse story.
3: Yes, and and because Spider-Man is underpowered, you can't mm-hmm you can't put him out there in Kirby Marvel. He's not Kirby Marvel. He lives in Queens. He's in the neighborhood. He's fighting in Midtown. Mm -hmm. And he fights people whose motivations are not world domination, but they just want to control a city. Right? So Mm -hmm. how do you take that Spider-Man character? And one of the best ways to do it, I was really happy they did this was to just get rid of the Stark tech. Don't Mm -hmm. power up the suit. Just let him be Spider-Man. And so now he can fight commensurate villains, Mm -hmm. right? So I thought that I thought it was a really interesting device to try to get him back centered to where he belongs, which is he's a neighborhood superhero. Um,
1: I literally thought of you when I saw the end. I'm like, they took Howard's note of getting him yeah. back to be familiar with Spider-Man. <laughs> right? I mean,
3: that's key. That's a really yeah. big thing because he's not strong enough. You can't put him out there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I I liked that they did that. I was wondering about the device. I wasn't quite sure it all held together um, in terms of the the Doctor Strange sort of spell and everything because it's not. I mean, was he no longer a student? Did they just not know who he is at all? I was wondering if that was the right call. Yeah, um, but I like. Yeah. I, that's I, I have some
1: thoughts on that, but we can. I assume we'll probably go. Oh. Yeah, we'll we'll get to oh, that. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, it's guess there's a. Um, yeah, we'll get to it.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, like, the last thing I just want to, like, touch upon in terms of villainous things, like, and especially when it comes to Green Goblin, he, he kills Aunt May. Like, we have an Uncle oh. Ben moment, and I, the, oh, it's he's the one thing Aunt of all May, the, and he's killed Gwen Stacy. And he's killed Gwen Stacy. Like,
1: Well, no, his I, son killed Gwen Stacy.
0: Sure.
3: Well, Harry killed him. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Norman Kingsley. Like, no, Harry I watched this movie too. Harry killed King in recently. a different I'm sorry, universe, da, 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 da. Oh, Sorry about that. Comic I'm thinking about version, the movie. I'm sorry. fair. when Norman Osborn in Spider-Man in 121 when Norman Osborn is killing Gwen Stacy, do you know where Harry is?
1: I
2: do not.
3: He's in bed on an acid trip. He's
0: freaked out on LSD. Huh. Hmm. Which is yeah, kind Harry, of cool. Harry had a few mental issues back <laughs> then, <Right>. you know. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, I do want to ask around, did anyone see it coming? No. The Aunt May Day? I did not. No, did not. like, of all the things that were, yeah. like, coming, like, Tyler, I, I did not think that the third part of a trilogy would somehow turn an entire story into, like, a three-part origin story for a character. Because, like, that's what happens when it's Spider-Man there. And, like, well, how did you feel about the scene, like it was a gut punch for me i mm-hmm. thought it was very smartly put together um it, it asked some questions about where exactly is uncle ben in this uh, i think one of my favorite tweets someone shared with me was a picture of uh george costanza when he was uh dating <laughs> marissa Tomei and seinfeld it's like until further notice that's that's, <laughs> that's <what laughs> uncle ben but uh no, 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 but back to yeah like how, how how was that scene for you
4: it completely blindsided me i did not Expect for you know Aunt May to die.
0: Yeah, it, is that it, one of the four? That is one of the four. Yeah,
4: that, yeah. Was, that, that mm-hmm. was the first. That was the first time I was like, "Holy shit, this right. motherfucking is about to take me to tear town." But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that scene was. It was, I don't know it because you know it. It seemed like you know this version of Aunt May is the best Aunt May I don't because I didn't I really didn't give a shit about Aunt May yeah. <laughs> until this trilogy you know what I yeah, mean yeah completely. Yeah, so it it completely um you know side uh side me. me gut punched me and you know it was you know emotional fucking tearing me apart aside it was a great scene though
0: yeah no it, it's it's very much similar to how the Garfield introduction goes because like the opening of the portal is like the with great power comes great responsibility like you you generate the excitement of the crowd of like they said the line, and then immediately everyone is overcome with a sense of dread because they know when that line drops yeah. what is about to happen. Mm. AC, uh, I feel like we need to talk to you a little bit about this because otherwise I don't know you're ever, if you're ever going to get over this movie. How was um, it made for you?
2: Man, that that was incredibly – it was incredibly sad. Um, I think the way that – some sometimes in certain scenes – they'll draw it out a little bit more and it'll be kind of like ridiculous. And this Mm -hmm. one, it did walk the line, but if you weren't, if you didn't just die, she
0: was dying. Like, yeah, yeah, she was dying. She was
2: in the process. She kept saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then she's not. And then it's just like, that's yeah. That's one of those that just hit me with, you know, a, a whole bunch of sadness and this was the end of Peter being a child. This yeah, was the really end of Peter's uh, being a teenager. He is no longer a Spider Boy. He's no longer <laughs> Iron Boy Jr., as the jokes uh, went on right. in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. this is the coming of age moment. And this is Peter paying the price for trying to do something, even though it was well intentioned, um, it blowing back on him. And this trilogy's kind of been about that a lot where he's tried to do certain things, thinking that it was the right thing, when in fact it wasn't. Uh, You think about Far From Home and Mysterio giving him the glasses, thinking that was the right thing to do, and trusting somebody who you don't even know like that. But it's like those mistakes, all of those things really came to a head. And I think that was the other thing about that makes this movie so great, is the fact that you have the stakes and you have consequences for your actions, real legit ones that he's gonna have to live with forever. And I think that aspect of it made that scene that much more powerful to me. And yeah, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna forget a scene like that. It was just, it was very incredibly sad. It was very incredibly emotional and incredibly powerful too. Yeah. I think they did a
3: very good job with the, the whole empathy as plot device was problematic for me at first because I don't know if I find that compelling, mm-hmm. but I mean it can be a component, but it can't be the source, right? Mm-hmm. And and this whole idea that there's always a way, and that we can figure it out, and that in some ways we're all sort of affluent, and as we all try to get into MIT, um, we can, you know, all of this. It, there's a lot of elitism in these stories, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, like for example, which is why I didn't like what they did with Spider Man in the first place. Spider Man is broke.
4: Mm
0: -hmm.
3: He's he's Charlie Brown with superpowers. You know, (laughs) right? That's (laughs) who he is. And now they turned Green Goblin Lucy, right? (laughs) Right, and so and they turned him instead. They turned him into Iron Boy. They turned him into the into the ward. He's Robin, right? To the to the billionaire that we all work for. The billionaire. Um, And so this movie starts out with this same thing that we've. You know we can fix everybody and we can do this and we have all the know how to do this and then it blows up in your face catastrophically and it costs you everything mm-hmm. and i thought that was a really really good turn because it's like look what you've done mm-hmm. right i mean look at what you've done mm-hmm. and i like the fact that dr strange was like nope sometimes this is your fate man this is oh. it right mm-hmm. and and that peter and his friends don't get that because teenagers don't get that, right? Right? And especially teenagers who feel like they're gifted, not just intellectually, I mean, not just enhanced because they've got got superpowers, but because they also have this thing because they all think they're going to the Ivy League or they think they're going to MIT or whatever, right? So they believe that they are invincible and in control of everything. And this was a really good stretch of film where it shows you the consequences of that. Right. Yeah. Um, to that
2: point, Howard, um, I, I think about the I think about the Tony Stark scene in Homecoming where he says, if you die, that's on me. Yeah. And if it, if something happens to somebody else, that's on you. That's that on scene you. comes back here where now he's yeah. got to live with it. Now this stands with him uh, for the for the rest of the time. And yeah, I and also have, yeah. mm-hmm. ahead, I, okay.
1: say, I also think that I, I like how it kind of is unsaid, but is juxtaposed against his initial request of Doctor Strange to make people forget he's Spider-Man. And yet the thing that the consequence he ends up getting from doing that is Aunt May dying. And I think that like a lesson that he also learns is like when you're a superhero, you have superhero problems. And like you can't mm-hmm. you if, if what you're concerned about is like your life with your girlfriend, then like and you try to apply superhero powers to that, then you would only end up in trouble. Because like the stakes you deal with are life and death. You can't be concerned about things like that. And that, like if you try to, you know, if you try to superhero white weight of every problem, it will only end up in, you know, heartache for you, and mm-hmm. I think that, I, I think because we didn't get an Uncle Ben death in this, in the MCU, and I wouldn't want them to go back into a flashback, I was really glad that they didn't have, like, a random mm-hmm. flashback saying, yeah. uh, you know, where Uncle Ben tells him with great power comes great responsibility, because ultimately, like, I don't need that, because Aunt May has functioned as an Uncle Ben in these films, but I think it's like, no, this shit is real, like, I know you lost Aunt Tony, and that's big for you, but, like, this is to- you knew you knew Tony as a superhero. You know yeah. Aunt May is Peter Parker, and so things that Spider Man does can affect Peter Parker for the rest of his life. And I think that, that was a really great thing for them to have that it's like you can't live two lives really if you're a spider-man you have to you know live spider-man and then i think that's kind of what andrew garfield's peter was talking about is that like he stopped living two lives he just kept started being spider-man all the time you know
3: yeah and i think too and on top of that that this was the reason why i thought this was compelling and it needed to be compelling when we talk about bringing the story down to a neighborhood level is if you go back and you watch the MCU in general, the Avengers movies in particular, there is so much damage. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they are destroying this world. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: How fast can I buy this building, right? They destroy everything. (laughs) They destroy everything in their path. And yet, none of it, because it's on such a massive, large scale, is personal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can't tell me you're gonna watch the Avengers battle in New York and nobody died. Tons of people died, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, tell me you're watching all these, you know, in Sokovia, tons of people died. But in this movie, the death and the effects were personal. And that's what I mean about bringing the stories. And now you could actually feel it. Mm -hmm. And now you sort of know that here's what your burden is. And like I said, I think it's been remarkable the way they've been able to do it. I've been asking this question for years. How are you going to center Spider-Man again to his essence as a character? Or are you not going to center him and just have him be something else? Um, and people like me are going to have to make real interesting choices because the comic books are still going on. I am a very specific Spider-Man time period, and maybe that time period goes away and they just tell, I mean, Spider-Man becomes an Avenger,
0: Spider-Man, they they become different characters. Um, Up until this movie, this is exactly where we thought we were going. He's groomed in Far From Home to be the next Tony Stark. That's right. Yeah. That's right,
3: and he can't be because he doesn't have what Tony Stark has, but he's, But his space is so important and so compelling that um, they had to figure out a way to do it. And I think that, like once again, what I thought was so, so well done, even though I wasn't quite sure about some of the editorial choices, what was so well done was they understand that you can't just replace Tony Stark with another Tony Stark who climbs walls. Mm -hmm. He has to be different. He has to have his own
0: path. Yeah, right, Mm -hmm. completely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think one one thing I would add on that, and it's like you think of consequences and, and things like that. It's not just Aunt May that ends up happening. It's losing Ned, your best friend,
1: Yeah, yeah. losing yeah.
2: MJ. And the fact that you have those two scenes that they do at the end of the movie where he's saying goodbye to them, and then he goes to MJ with that very, very incredibly powerful line, is like, I'll find you, I promise. Mm-hmm. And you realize in a way That it's a promise that he at this time he can't keep because even he knows he knows at this point when he goes into the coffee shop, he there's an idealistic uh, portion of Peter Parker, who's who wants to be optimistic, who wants to believe that everything will be okay. But he goes to MJ, he sees the bandage and he realizes I can't do this. And this was this is the becoming of Spider-Man. Does it work for you?
3: Did it work for you? That using that as a storytelling editorial choice, did it work for you? Now seeing Happy and Peter at the cemetery, and they don't even know each other, and it's like, wait a minute, you guys saved the world together, right? And like, so, how do we square what well, took he, place? He know
0: they just don't know that. Like, I, I, it is there's a, there are a lot of things. Yeah, to there's answer a complication they, there they, for sure. There. Like, Happy knows Spider-Man. He just doesn't know that Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Yes, does that like work the, for and you?
2: And it's just like com- it's just like comic books, anything in comic book storylines where this may be permanent.
3: It's not going to be but permanent. But it's
2: probably yeah. not because right. based off of everything that we know in this movie and everything that happened, it feels like we're going in a very specific direction. Yes. With and multiverse the multiverse storyline. has a lot
1: to do with that. Yeah, completely. But if I can talk about, so the way I think about the people forgetting him and it, how it makes sense is there's a great fix that they repeat a lot in the newer Doctor Who, which I like a lot, which is that they always say with time travel that paradoxes work themselves out. That like if mm. there's a paradox, a tiny other shift in like the time stream changes yep. to make it work. And so like for every time Peter Parker was supposed to be somewhere. People's memories will just change, like, or maybe he wasn't there, or like maybe oh that was someone else, or whose house was I at that time? I think I was at Chris's house. I wasn't at Peter's. I think that like th- because it's magic, there doesn't actually have to be a logic to it. It's just the, I think the, that the something side of that happens. Jake that, is not necessarily
0: yeah. that they don't remember Peter there. It's just that Peter's insignificant. In yeah, memory.
1: exactly. Like oh, who was yeah. there? Who was there again? Some like he's you not know one to know
0: yeah like, exactly. i some kid
1: was there i don't remember who and so i think that like right. kind of having it as forgetting as opposed to him never existing i think that would be more hard to explain because it's like then how did the avengers how did end game happen but if it's just that people don't know who peter parker is then i think that that kind of works because you know that people can slightly change their memories that for some somehow are like, uh, I, was, I don't think he ever took his mask yeah. off in the end game fight
0: yeah i think um what happens or like because you see things like MG still has the black Dahlia necklace. Like there are still elements that are there. I think mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. at least the bits that I've like watched and read after the fact, it's, they're just blank spots. Yeah. Um. Like yeah. the, one of the jokes I saw was just like referring to the arrested development. Like when Job has his forget me nots, uh-huh. like that's what happens. It's just, you know, things happen, but there's just like specific points. And I guess that those are all the Peter Parker points where they're just blank spots. And yeah. you don't even know that,
1: you don't know you don't you know. Don't know. Exactly. Yeah, you
0: don't know that you don't know. Um, I mean, to me, those are like some of the bigger stuff. But like th- the crazy thing about this movie is you, you have all this conversation about bringing everything together and then so much other shit has happened in it. So I'm just going to run off things. Number one, Matt fucking Murdoch.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah. One of the what
2: biggest camera. cheers in the,
1: Place in the theater experience. Place yeah. I, I, I screamed. I, that yeah. was a moment. There are a few moments that I had to lean over to my mother and say, "I'm like, hey, that's Daredevil. Um, you, you know no, me no. because that's
3: my guy i know right, right. Yes. when that happened one the place went wild mm-hmm. my son looked at me and I, he's like don't say anything i'm like i
1: didn't say anything, <laughs> didn't say anything. you were just happy <laughs> that he didn't have a bunch of scars all over his face and they should be down exactly i was like
3: could you could you
1: fix that and we'll be happy yeah <laughs> Did you right. just fix that piece um
0: and for all keep, we know, they might have already because, like, it's kind of a fre- like clean slate with this Matt Murdoch that we're entering in with.
4: Feels like a soft reboot.
0: Yeah. And honestly,
4: bring Matt along, but you can keep a Luke Cage. <laughs> you can keep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah you can yeah. keep we those two no on dabbing. Netflix, bro. We don't, yeah, don't need no damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll, I'll
1: if I, I would I like Jessica Jones a lot, but if it means keeping Luke Cage and Iron Fist out, then I'm fine keeping. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Jessica. Um, yeah, him and his the bolt. What is it? The, remember the? Or they have like the the famous hoodie with the bullet holes in it that like sway in the mornings. Talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, Matt Murdoch shows up. Great moment. Uh, I we we haven't really talked a lot about Doctor Strange in this, and he has a big part. Um, oh, Jerome,
2: I'm I'm sorry because you go. mentioned the Matt Murdoch scene. Hit me this little scene where he talks to Happy about Hey, Stark Tech is missing. Mm-hmm. There goes our armor war up. That, Ooh, is, point. Is that, that is is that the armor right war set for you I, I thought it, that it was just ha- the fabricator in that case like yeah it has to be but with that much Stark tech being stolen and obviously Tony not being around anymore it feels it. like the logical leap to suggest that that moment um, will be okay. setting up whatever story that we get with
0: Rhodey alright cool um, moving on so uh, Doctor Strange, Strange. Yeah. I, not great at his job <laughs> no
1: real pretty bad at his job actually pretty bad at his job he's right? got some issues
0: yeah I, Tyler <laughs> I, i'm gonna come back to you get like is he just rusty what did we give him way too much credit before what is he on a sophomore slump after like a good rookie of the year performance like what's happening here man um
4: you know it 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 kind of interweaves with with how peter fucked everything up is that sure y- you know when you're trying to set shit right in the course of the multiverse in the course of you know the timeline of of history and whatever you can't worry about personal feelings you you have to mm-hmm. you know stick to the fucking script and you know, because I'm going to tell you, when I was watching this shit, I was like, bro, Peter Parker is a better man than me because I wouldn't give a fuck about this lizard dude. And, <laughs> right. And, and, this, and this sand guy. Who is I this just the met. button right here? You're, this is the <laughs> one we press? Yeah, you know? right. Like, 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 send them back to wherever they came from. That that ain't my problem. But, yeah. you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we all know the, the origin of Spider Man. Like, you know, his origin story is, you know, the guy robs a guy. Spider Man says, hey, mm-hmm. that's not my problem. Guy kills Uncle Ben, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. in this. You know, Peter Parker was like, "This is my problem to fix," mm-hmm. and yeah. that. And I, I think that's
0: also the aunt, like they, they really, and it's kind of quick, but they really try to like sell like the aunt May as the moral compass in that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, right. Um, but yeah, no, no, completely. Uh, I. It, it's interesting too because, like, seeing his performance and reading a little bit about like the Doctor Strange of it all, it feels like I look back at a lot of like whether it's the movie whether it's infinity war whether it's endgame and this here you know he's powerful he's talented might not make the best decisions in most cases probably makes sense shout out to our guy wong for, to be sorcerer supreme that was a really mm-hmm. cool moment there i think ac i'll go to you for this and we'll, we'll jump a little early to it i think this explains why the multiverse might be in a little bit of madness
2: Listen man. Um yeah. Strange is about to pay a big price too. His consequences are coming. Mm. Um what he's about to deal with is something on a grand scale and this is without the idea of a certain scarlet witch coming along and
0: Who, he's, as we mean, know, the like Disney we... Plus series is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um I think that's I think that's the very interesting and scary part if you if 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 you think about the 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 grand scale of the MCU and what we're going to see in Multiverse of Madness is this this No Way Home movie was huge. It was an event. It was amazing to think about in scale. Multiverse of Madness is going to be bigger than this. And it's hard to believe but it's right. true. Like if you think about the <laughs> Not if you think be about
0: <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, not t- going t- t- to
3: be bigger about a I mean, when you say bigger, what are we talking about?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I
4: mean, okay. More expansive, like a, a more expansive type.
2: More exp- more expansive. Okay, I'll put it to you this way: When Disney bought Fox and got all of those characters, who's and They're doing multiverse. There's probably a decent chance if we're doing multiverse, then the cameos that we saw here are just gonna double and triple. So we yes. might see anybody. We might right. see everybody. That's yeah. the best way that I could describe it. Which is why
1: I would say that the word bigger is not probably the right word to use because it can mean a lot of different things. But I think expansive it might, is yes. probably correct. I agree um, with
3: that. It'll be more expansive, but where I think it's not going to be bigger is because you don't get bigger than Spider-Man. This was an emotional exactly, experience because
1: of yeah. that, individual That only goes character.
0: to the original point of like... Oh, fair point, fair point. Yes. You, yeah. you can bring like 30 characters in and those 30 characters aren't one Spider-Man. Like. That. I mean, even yeah, you ain't, Well, okay, you're not, probably
2: not... I'll say put it to you this way. You're not going to be crying at this movie like most of us were.
3: Um, sure. No. let no. also remember one thing, too, that's really important to not yes. forget, to stay stay focused on, right? Stephen Strange is just as arrogant as Tony Stark. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and he always was, yeah. and so maybe there was a piece during Infinity War where you felt like he had grown into the job,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but that may be the aberration.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you know, because it's yeah. clear that he's corruptible because he was yeah. corrupt when he became. He didn't care about this whole thing. He just wanted to get his hands fixed so he could like go get a nice car and go back mm-hmm. to his very hedonistic. Material they, life. If you
0: do it based on, like, actual time pass, like, he had, like, three games putting up a 30 spot. and then That's right, and it. he yeah. got blipped as well. And, yeah. and if you, mm-hmm.
1: like, he had... The worst thing for an arrogant person to have happen to them for the rest of the world's sake is that the first time that he really broke the rules, like when he was reversed the time to hurt Jomamu, it worked. If someone like, is an arrogant jackass, the worst thing that can happen to them is it. them yeah. succeeding at it. Yeah, yeah. And so like, because I see a lot of people saying like, I don't think that the Doctor Strange in this movie was the actual Doctor Strange. Like, I absolutely do. Because also you can even oh, see yeah, with Infinity yeah, yeah. War, like why was he being so responsible about the time stone? It's because this is his responsibility. Like, he's not going to give that up. It's like, this is his job, you know?
0: And and it's his not job. Give it's, he's, if he gives up yet. the time
1: zone, he's not important, you know. Yeah. And so I think it actually right. fully works with the character. And so like I think that he really is a perfect example of like Tony Stark, where Tony Stark won the first time that he be, tried, decided to become a superhero, and that obviously bit him in the ass a couple times. Right. Of course, and I, of think it, I think going to keep you in right. the Right. And I think it was a you know it was a
2: great example. The and I know a lot of people are very iffy on what if. But the Doctor Strange episode and What If was a perfect example of what can happen if he just gets out of character. That's probably the best one too for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's gonna be the most
0: important one looking at like where we're headed for sure.
2: Yeah, because in the trailer we do see what looks like that same version of Supreme Strange um, in it. So whether that character plays a big part, I'm not sure. But I, I mean, I would think about that episode and what that character does and mm-hmm. think about what that movie, Multiverse of Madness, will look like. And then you'll have a, a good idea of what's going to happen there.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say, like, just a couple of random scenes I really was a fan of. Uh, Spidey Sense working, even when his soul has left his body, I thought was really oh, cool. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> that was cool. What's better than magic? Math. Uh, I think, like, <laughs> just... Shout out th- to Geometry. To me, like, those are, like, the kind of points before we really get into, like, the, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man part of the movie, where I actually, I think they do hit quite nicely, like, the fun parts of a Peter Parker Spider-Man character, in that he's not the most powerful, but he'll outsmart, he'll ha- he seems to be having a ton of fun with it, throws in a couple of quips as well, um, and, and honestly, like, when we talk about just, like, the movie as a whole, the thing that bothers me a lot about Endgame is the high points are unmatched. But I have to go through like hours of traveling through time to get to that point. And I think the difference for me when I go into this movie and I think about it and I would describe it to friends of like, if this were an album, this album for me has no skips. There's no scene in here that I feel like really, like personally, like, i i didn't enjoy from the beginning to the end and maybe just I, mean, like I think the th- that cleaners. that's
1: the good thing about having spider-man though because he is while he is all the things we talked about before he is such a fun character completely he is a yeah. funny yeah. guy and i think that like that allows you to do a movie like this where there's obviously a lot of exposition that needs to happen but when the characters involved in exposition scene are funny and entertaining it goes yes. down a lot easier
0: yeah completely um okay so I think this covers most of the things, but now the last thing I'm actually really wondering about, because we only covered one of them, what are the three scenes, Tyler? The other three that got you or almost got you there? Oh, man. Okay, so, of course, um, you know, when Aunt May died, mm-hmm. In the,
4: the, the scene right after that, when they found, um, you know, Peter on the, on the roof. And, oh, yeah. let's talk Andrew about Garfield that scene, We really haven't.
0: Like, that's yeah. that's actually one of the things that I love. Um, be, Like, because they went to the Aunt May dying, like, when I knew or we had a good idea that the old spider man were going to come and be a part of this movie the part i wanted to see most of all is how they help peter grip with what i thought was going to be him finally like facing and talking about uncle ben's death not realizing Mm. that instead they were going to kill aunt may like it's such a beautiful scene to see them Mm. although i hate to say they really did martin sheen dirty when like andrew garfield's out here is like Gwen was my only regret, basically, mm, yeah, <laughs> but um, no, no, absolutely beautiful scene, uh, okay, what else do we have? yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, you know, that was a beautiful scene just about how how to handle the weight of grief, you know, are you yes. gonna let it mm-hmm. crush you or are you gonna you know have it make you stronger in some capacity mm-hmm. um okay, so I told you the scene where um where, where Toby stopped Tom from killing Green goblin with the yes. mm-hmm. with the shit. I was like. That you know, I said like that hit me in a, it's space a great because, moment. Yeah, yeah. Be- because because he knew that Peter knew that he was better than that, and you okay. know, just believing in someone like that, just believing in the good in someone like that, in, in in such a pro, you know, a strong silent way, that hit me too. Then of course the saying goodbyes, you know, before the spell was cast, yeah, and then oh, and then yeah. and that then when rough. he went, yeah, and then when he went to the coffee shop again. So those
1: those are the moments that, that, <laughs> yeah. that had the bottom lip quivering uh, a little. bit. I, I know, teared so. up too at like so we talked about it earlier, but the moment where. uh andrew garfield caught and crazy that oh Gummy yeah yeah yeah. i think that just the stuff where they're all together i think um was like i said equal parts really funny like the joke about like are you going to be do it do it dress up as a cool youth pastor was really just like <laughs> well i'll stuff. start with you
0: like jake give me and uh, we'll go around the room here what was your favorite scene in the movie
1: um probably the scene with um it's hard to say Either right? the scene yeah. with them at the top of the roof, or the scene in them at the Statue of Liberty. Probably the top of the roof. Um, no, you know, what? honestly, the sign, the scene in the science lab, because I love the bit about Ned being worried that he's going to kill Peter. That just like where he's like, where yeah, he, where he's like, <laughs> was like my did. best friend, yeah, yeah, he tried yeah. to kill me. And, and, and how
3: do we, how do we like the fact that the Statue of Liberty now has Cap Shield?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, now it doesn't. <laughs> now it <laughs> now, doesn't. They it did for a minute. Um, I, I think it it does extend the like ongoing post end game questions of like what does the shield mean can I what tell you Katharine exactly mean? why what? it
1: felt real to me because I know that that didn't just happen alone. It was that people were clamoring for Congress to pass a bill to like give relief to people who were blipped away. And they said, no, 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 instead we'll pay money to yeah, do the Statue yeah, of Liberty. That, that, that they didn't give relief happened. funds, but yeah, they put the Statue of Liberty it. instead. You know what I mean? That, that was like the <laughs> – we're, we're all good. As a symbol, we're going to come together. That's how yeah, it yeah. felt real to me.
3: I Actually, one of the things that I've sort of enjoyed during all of this and you know, is the fact that they've essentially taken – if you take what's happening here, you take all the TV shows as well, and you take, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, even endgame, post-endgame movies, is they've turned the New York fight into its own nine it eleven. is ground yeah. zero. Mm-hmm. Completely. Like, and yes. you see it in the last episode of Hawkeye as well. Mm-hmm. The New York fight has become, it's the nine eleven metaphor.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. And so, you know, the Grand Hyatt is across the street, Grand Central Station, that is the ground zero of that fight.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually and-
3: sort of liked when they were zipping through town and you could see the rogers the musical ad mm-hmm. back there yeah. and i was like it's everywhere right so yeah. I, the way that all of this stuff is being very neatly stitched together is a lot of detail yep and they're they're paying really good attention attention to detail i don't know if i have a favorite scene in the movie yet because i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna watch it again because once again it was one of those movies where we're watching it in a crowd it's just like a blur in a lot of ways oh yeah yeah completely Um, (laughs) i i kind of thought that i liked i liked the intro of alfred molina when he showed up the place went wild yeah Yeah. you know and it was sort of like here we go right it's Mm -hmm. completely on and it didn't turn out to be that yeah it was a much more contemplative movie but when he showed up you thought we were going to get 90 more minutes just worth of fighting
0: yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I like the bait and switch of like the nanotech of how um it was just like Peter once again outsmarting very quickly his uh adversary um but yeah no it's a good scene uh AC Yeah there's a lot of great ones but yeah the
2: after they find Peter because you, again you see Tom Holland in that moment and where he goes where he just tells them to uh, I'll send you guys back I don't want, I don't even care anymore. It's like it was a completely different character and completely different Peter Parker than what we've seen to this point. Everything was stripped away from him mm. and he had nothing at that moment to give. He had no optimism. He had nothing to give at that moment. So when you see both Garfield and Toby both talking him down and and Garfield talking about how he became rageful and vengeful after. Gwen's death and not being able to get over that
0: even thinking about it now that one yeah that
2: bitterness and I think the fact that they all were able to emote those particular feelings and and to try and give that understanding and that and that empathy to a degree that with you know to be cliche that with that power comes great responsibility to Mm -hmm. to live on to swing Mm -hmm. on per se and yeah. I thought that scene was just beautiful. And, you know, you all, you also have MJ and Ned consoling Peter, too, you know, really solidifying the relationship between those three.
0: I mean, which I'm glad that they kept like, central exactly. to the film. Completely. Yeah, no, shout out the three of them, um, Tom Holland, Zendaya and Jacob Batalon, like they... MJ and Ned don't get like a ton in this, but I think they do really well in the bits that they have Oh, yeah, and I think that's I'm important very, is that they're yeah, always there
1: even if they don't get a ton of stuff Completely. to do. They're always exactly there.
0: yeah, like they're they have a whole trilogy's worth of stuff So everything that happened like even in like the small moments is just built on the history and the very like true Like love and friendship that seems to be like evident in the characters or even like between it seems like the people at this point yeah. Um, MJ MJ yeah. MJ
4: throwing, MJ throwing those dinner rolls at Andrew Garfield was uh, <laughs> oh my what gosh that was, yeah <laughs> what Come a, on. that was what a scene that was mm-hmm. um generally MJ like, has hardest... like
0: charmed everyone like even like yeah. the like when she asks like the magic word is please to like Doctor Strange yeah, like you see gold. Strange actually smirk in the moment <laughs> yeah. you know which is yeah. Yeah, and 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 the whole is your tangle tangling that line oh is fucking gosh. hilarious. Fantastic, <laughs>
4: but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say what my favorite scene is. I will say I think the most fun scene was when uh, Garfield and Maguire were were on the uh, Statue of Liberty, you know, oh having my gosh. bed there, and 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 Garfield was cracking his back, and they were getting jokes off, and you know, usually you know every and they were both so quick witted you know, yep. just so hilarious, just bouncing off each other, and usually. You know, writing like that feels like, oh, come on. no, People aren't this fucking clever all the time, mm-hmm. right? Right, like, right, like, right, right, right. Like, you like, have to expect like, so.
0: someone to wink at the camera each time yeah. that they drop, like, a line. Yeah, yeah.
4: Right, right. Like, it feels like some, some Sork and West Wing bullshit. But right, if you right. get two <laughs> Peter Parkers, they're going to be that quick-witted with each other. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah. So, I that was probably the most fun scene of the movie
0: to me. Yeah. Even, like, I mean, we got to shout out the Avengers line. That was great. Oh, too. yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. The are you in a band? <laughs> oh, my God. No. Are you in a band? It's, it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, Yeah, it's... I mean, you guys mentioned all the scenes are big. I, I want to shout out one more time. I don't... I really, really love the fight between Goblin and Peter inside the building. Just oh, yeah. because like, of how vicious it is. And mm-hmm. um, in a way that like, in that moment, I'm like, this isn't a Disney movie at all. What the
1: fuck? No, like, it was much bro. more violent than I thought it was going to be
0: completely completely um well
1: i mean let's just end at the end or like let's start wrapping up here well can i say a thought that i've been there's no good way to say it and this is cool. just me taking a victory lap yeah Remember, go for it. and when we did the second trailer breakdown whatever i just thankfully said because in the line in the trailer, Doctor Strange says, let's scooby do this crap. And I said, mm. that's bad. It would be better alliteration if it was, let's scooby do this shit. And wouldn't you know it? Yeah. That was just in the trailer. He said in the actual movie, Disney, yeah. they listened and like, you're right. Yeah, alliteration is <laughs> better right. if he says, let's scooby <laughs> yeah. do this shit. And he did. And I'm very happy well, about that. Uh, and, yeah, it, I it, I, and legitimately, it, I heard it in the theater. I was both happy. And I'm like, that does sound a lot better. I was right. <laughs> right.
0: AC, um... I hope we brought you along the path that you're ready for this next Hawkeye because the <laughs> final scene that we have here with Spider Man in his like very colorful, like comic accurate, I believe, yes, like yes. suit is swinging through a very Christmassy New York. Talk to me. It makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Ma- I'm not saying makes that something is happening, but like I might wonder a little bit.
2: No, and I think it's it's fair to wonder. Now, I I mean, do I think any appearances? No, but I just think the idea that you feel like he is now in Wilson Fisk's orbit and Mm. it feels like a clash between those two is imminent. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's already been said that Spider-Man four is, you know, they're they're working on a story. They're working to move it along. And yeah, I Amy Pascal pers- saw
1: the opening weekend and is like, uh, Kevin Feige, a- we will take 0. We will take 1% of the profit. I don't care. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and it feels like the the logical way to go with this is continue along the path of the street-level hero mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dealing with Fisk and getting Matt Murdock involved and have a little spidey Daredevil team up. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to go and then you can also introduce new characters whether they bring in a Gwen Stacy or a Felicia Hardy or something. But just, you know, some you know, a little facelift for the for the character now. I, we're heading, on. I mean, like
0: broadly, it sounds like we're supposed to head to something like a college trilogy.
1: Right?
2: Yeah. I, I mean I mean he does have his gd uh his gd book. Yeah, at like the he end, needs so, that he gone to MIT. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's a boy genius. but
2: um and now he's gonna be dealing with rent due on the first. So mm. all all of the real Spider-Man stuff is mm. in play, so it really does feel like this street-level world and dealing with villains like Fisk who want to control the city is on deck for this character and I think it's a great way to go. They have a chance to tell really great stories in this next trilogy or however long they go mm. until, with the events of the, the Stinger, until they bring it back to um Avengers-level threat, mm. secret war-type thing, with the symbiote. Sub- sub- yeah. Venom,
0: Venom, 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 Venom. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, Howard, how are you feeling about where Peter Parker is left now? Because I, I think in a lot, like it, maybe you're not crazy about the execution to get there. It just seems like we finally have Spidey. I think in they place centered I him. him.
3: I think they centered him and I think they got yeah. him where he needed to be. And I, I took the position that however you got him there, at least you got him there. Yeah. yeah and now and now we can start to rebuild and sort of grow that world out. So mm-hmm. I thought it was an, um, once again an amazing um, feat of storytelling to try to take something like the line in the movie. you've been to space like to mm-hmm. take I mean, think of where they right. put this character, right? Mm-hmm. You've been to space. Right. I mean, you're Spider-Man. So to bring him all the way back and to get him back to his neighborhood and to also have shots of the neighborhood deli that was on fire earlier and to show the, you know, they literally brought him back mm-hmm. to where he is supposed to be based. I'm I'm comfortable where he is um, and I think that it's true. I mean, these stories don't have to be permanent. At some point, there's going to be something that clicks or somewhere in the multiverse, some spell is gonna get broken and his people are gonna recognize him again and he'll be back. And so yeah. maybe that will will take place. Yeah. I also think as well from a storytelling standpoint, that um that you are very very quickly bridging the two spider-mans from the original 63 comic book which is he starts out as a 14 year old which is tom holland and then very quickly he's a college student which is where he is now which is where they've put him now he's a grown-up now he's Mm -hmm. you know he's 18 or whatever and obviously the blip helped that because you know in in what is it in far far from home in homecoming Mm -hmm. um you know, Stark says you're a 14-year-old kid, and that's, you know, pre-blip, right?
1: Mm-hmm. right. Or is that
3: post-blip? That's pre-blip, Pre. but I also I believe it's that pre-blip. I believe
1: that Peter then corrects him to say, I'm, I'm which, 15. I'm right, 15, that's right. right.
3: <laughs> that's right. So now he's 20, right? Yeah. And so now if you go back to what it was in the book, now he's dealing with, with a very different He's grown up Spider-Man, now he's dating Gwen Stacy and he's dating Betty Brant and Glory Grant and Mary Jane Watson and all that. And Mm -hmm. all of that story takes him into these different types of villains. And so I think they did a great job, you know, getting him however roundabout it was. What I find most fascinating about this is the dual tracks. What we're seeing on screen as, you know, combined with the real business stuff between Fox, Mm -hmm. Disney, you know, Sony. And I think Sony. the
0: one reassuring thing is that Feige at l- at the very least is saying like we're not going to get into a, essentially like a Spider-Man lockout situation like we had before.
1: No, I and I also think that he even said that, as such, yeah, the I fact that the movie to did make sure so everybody well, was cool. yeah. the fact yeah. the movie did so well, and the fact that Annie Pascal was so like openly saying like we're going to do three more of them, I think that mm. there's just too much. I think that they realize that like. This movie This movie is this. gonna make how two billion longer, dollars.
3: Yeah, and yeah. how much yeah. longer exactly. can you keep Spider Man from his universe? Yeah. Like and, yeah. and I don't know if you guys felt the same thing, but to me, you can feel the difference between a straight Marvel movie and a Sony Marvel movie. Yes, you can. Oh yeah. You, know, you can oh. really feel that difference. And so I wonder especially now that you're moving into Morbius and the rest of it, you start moving into that sort of dark type of character what that's going to do to the other flagship characters. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that the big deep difference, you can tell, honestly, is a word you used earlier where you talked about the details. Mm-hmm. That, like, it just feels like they don't care as much, which is, like, fine if it's their own thing, but, like, I don't want... I have to keep that away from this yeah. version of Spider-Man, you know? And, like I said, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that this movie's going to make $2 billion, I think both parties know that a... Well, that the Sony knows that a Spider-Man movie is not going to make anywhere near that if it's not associated with the MCU. It's got to so, be MCU. Yeah, I think that this, the fact that the movie, this movie is going to make as much money as it's going to make com- really puts to bed any anxiety I had about there being... Because there's too much money on the table for anyone to right. walk away from the... Well, and know. there
3: are too many people who are in play now. You've yeah. got, you know, from the TV show, now you've got, you know, you've got Wilson Fisk in play,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. right?
3: So how can you have him in play and eventually not have him clash with his original enemy. Yeah. At yep. some point, and I know there had been talk about Craven the Hunter and these other guys, it's Kingpin.
2: Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's the way that they that's the way that this should uh this should go. Yeah. And then, you know, you also think about and I know you guys mentioned Sony and the stuff that they're trying to do. It's always funny to watch how like where they they say you got to pay attention to this, like what they did with Venom And what they're doing with Morbius to a degree because they are trying to have some loose connection with the multiverse. I promise
0: you, I will not be paying that close attention to Morbius.
1: No, (laughs) I heard Jake was gonna get his spider man fights Morbius too. He does, I know. (laughs) The thing is, I am gonna see it opening weekend, but that's just because I do this freaking podcast. I wouldn't (laughs) otherwise, it's the homework, yes, yeah. Um, Oh
0: man, when okay because we're talking so much about where Peter goes, when are we going to see live action Miles Morales? It's
4: a great well, question. Jamie Foxx, you know, gave us the wink and nod when he said something. He, so he told me that there got to be a black Spider-Man out here somewhere. You know, yeah. he gave us that. So I, th- I think he's, I don't. I don't know if he's going to, Coming to this whole multiverse thing, I think sure. he's going to be a—he's going to be a legit character in this. Yeah, because I
1: think I, just, that's got to be yeah, the move, right? As far yeah, as I understand yeah. it, so much of his character is that he's trying to emulate the Spider-Man exactly. that he sees in his world. So yeah, I think right. that I imagine that, like you know, if they're doing another trilogy, you bring him in in a movie two or three, you know, as spy I think I think you need to. Get some age difference. Tom Holland needs to really be a grown up. Obviously, he'll only look so grown up at mm-hmm. five foot whatever, but um, <laughs> that he needs to like really feel like he's an authority figure to whoever the Miles Morales is. So I think you need to give a little time um, between those.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that.
1: All right, uh,
0: around the room, any final thoughts as we depart? At least this first discussion on No Way Home. Um, Not for I, me. I'm
3: gonna yeah. watch it again yeah. and right and, and come back. It, it needs a second watch
0: okay what uh is there anything specific you're looking for you think
3: everything i missed
0: i want to i want
3: to watch it i want to watch it without 270 people with me to just see how Mm -hmm. it holds up to see Mm -hmm. to see how the i mean i don't expect it to be the same i just want to see how it how those scenes that felt iconic when i could hear 200 people yelling behind me Mm -hmm. how it feels
4: Right. Well, I, me and my wife went and saw this on a Saturday morning at like 11 a.m. with like 20 other people, and I'm still super high on it. So, yeah, it it holds up. I'll tell you that
0: much. Like, I saw this, um, like, a screenshot of a tweet. Like, it wasn't even about this movie, but just about Spider Man. And, I think it sums it up, at least like for my personal craze, and I think something you're feeling too. Some people consume Spider-Man films critically and make life miserable for themselves. <laughs> I consume Spider-Man films like a 12-year-old who ate too much candy and my head is dizzy from excitement. And honestly, <laughs> I think it's just going to be like that for me when it comes to this. I, I, I get, like, I think um, the crowd definitely amplified it, but I also know... I have never shrieked in a theater multiple times, <laughs> so, and I, I I don't, I think maybe the crowd helped that in some way, but I, yeah, I lost it. Um, it was between, like, the joy, the sadness, like, every emotion that it tapped into and did it so strongly, and Howard, you're right, like, it's going to feel different uh, coming forward, but I just don't know how much the high is really going to come down for me personally. Um AC, Jake, anything?
1: Uh, I just want to say, I think that I'm really interested to see how they deal with the memory stuff going forward. Sure, Because I think that there's a lot of interesting things they can do with that. Because I think what having it be a wiping of their memory in regards to Peter... Really literalized a thing that kept was really frustrating in my opinion about the Tobey Maguire films, where it was like spider kept, and also staying with the Andrew Garfield films too, where Spiderman keeps making the choice for a significant others that he, they're not going to be in his life, and that always is thorny because they have their own agency with it, right? That that they, uh, you know, Gwen Stacy is like, no, I want to help you, and that of course ends up yeah. with her dying, or you know, eventually uh, Mary Jane wants to be in his life, all those things. But I think that having it be a bait thing where he's the only one who knows about this that is purely his choice that takes away them out of it or is just him literally making the choice not to be with the people he loves and so I think that that will make it higher stakes where let's say I don't know spitballing wilson fisk somehow hears from another dimension and learns from someone yeah. else that mj and ned are close to peter parker and he uses he kidnaps them and they don't know why they don't know who peter parker is and kidnaps them what decision is he gonna make there you know what i mean like yeah. and, 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 and honestly like hands. that's also
0: one of those things where like howard mentions like i would lo- I, I wouldn't want to see mj and ned disappear altogether because they were such great characters and i don't think they're going anywhere but there are a ton of other characters to introduce And create like those kind of personal bonds that you don't necessarily need to undo anything for that kind of threat to be there. Uh, For sure,
2: Um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, how are you feeling, AC?
0: I guess that's the first question. Are you good? Like, (laughs) can can we go get to Wednesday and like really watch us Hawkeye with a? Yeah, I feel
2: like this was a good as a good uh, palate cleanser, at least for (laughs) the time being, to get to Hawkeye. We'll see what comes of that. And then when I go see this movie again, I might just get wrecked again. We'll see what happens. But um, like I said before, I really do feel like this movie is going to sit with me for a little bit because I think when you think about the Peter Parker character and everything that anybody who's kind of like when you're when you're a diehard, specifically somebody like me who's been reading these stories ever since I was a kid. You think about that stuff and this felt like a Peter Parker story, even with all of the stuff happening. And I think that's why to me like it, it hit home, uh, no pun intended. (laughs) And it really felt it really felt good. And then you just add everything else that happened. You can't say enough about what it meant to see Toby and Andrew there with uh, with him, alongside him and having all those scenes and those moments. Um, It was a yeah, it really felt like a 20 year culmination of everything. And that's why uh, I'm so high on this film right now. So, you know, we'll see what's to come. It's in 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 Marvel. It's always a lot of ways what's to come. But this Mm -hmm. was the first time in a while where I watched a film and I was like, I just I want to even though it's so emotional at the end. I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I want to stay in this moment because. It was such an electrifying moment being in that theater and just the everything that happened in that film and the performances and everything that came with it. It delivered in a way that, you know, it was great to see because I think about like somebody who's known about some of the stuff that's been going on in this movie for almost a year. Yeah. (laughs) For it to see it play out on screen and still hit all those notes and still hit home and still deliver like it did. Um, It was really cool. So um, it, I'm just very happy and grateful that this uh, film went off the way it did.
1: And I do have a question, though, for AC yeah. and Howard even. How do you guys feel that, like... Because it's been announced, too, that John Watts, who did this trilogy, is going to be spearheading the Fantastic Four movie. I assume that that makes you, like, AC specifically, feel like it's in good hands, unlike the, the Tim Story and Josh Tranks of the world. Yeah, um,
3: I, I feel I feel decent about it. I also feel like... I I wonder how they're gonna play it because by introducing Tom Holland so much more so much sooner than Johnny Storm than that teenage rivalry that was a big part of the Fantastic Four early I wonder Mm -hmm. how they're gonna integrate those characters because the big I mean one of the big things about Spider-Man that's been ignored so far because of the downfall of the Fantastic Four as a magazine is that was his original rival was mm-hmm. the Human Torch. Like those yeah. two were the two teenagers, spy versus spy, always at each other's throats. And so that was the real sort of fun cameo. It would have been great to sort of see a trail of flame somewhere to give mm-hmm. you some idea that somebody else was <laughs> out there.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think like my final thought is really just because to AC's point and like everything that Howard mentioned, it, it is the ending of a trilogy, but because in the rare case where we don't actually know what the future is, even though we can say pretty confidently that there is a future, we just don't know what it is in the kind of way that we have. Like that's why it makes it feel like Endgame as well, where we don't know where they're going to they're gonna go with the character. But um, yeah, I feel like we're gonna see him again. He's still contracted, but like you got to give Tom Holland his flowers on this one. Like he mm-hmm. he absolutely killed it across this trilogy, and I think like this movie more than uh, more than anything like cemented that he he's the best Spider-Man like he's just on yep. all fronts um in any kind of way like his movies are probably altogether the strongest and I think in characterization too because I think when you think about Toby Maguire um I was kind of with you Tyler on it where it's like I like the movies I don't know that I really like the characterization mm-hmm. from Toby. And then when it mm-hmm. came to Andrew Garfield, it's like, I love Andrew, but these movies are trash. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is like a case where you get both together and like crazy enough, you also still get to also write the ship when it comes to both Toby and mm-hmm. Andrew. Yeah, it's, it's why this movie is like so special. It's absurd. Um, okay. I think, I think we've talked as much as we could talk about this without seeing it again, as Howard mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you all of uh you guys for being on this and thank you to everyone listening let's go through the round table tyler where can they find you what do you yeah, got you going can find
4: on me you can find me on twitter dragonfly jones um find me and my homies jenkins and jones podcast hey. every monday and
3: wednesday all right howard i am at hbryant42 also on twitter no pod, but you can also find me at the uh, with the metal is on the roundtable uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Libertart and friends. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. AC. You,
2: hey, you can find me on the Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. If you want to get anything written from me on this movie, I, I did submit a piece today from com, where I talked about the price that Peter Parker paid in this trilogy uh just a just a little reflection on what this trilogy was so you could check at
0: this point are you divide like are you a variant of yourself when you work at multi murphy's multiverse versus (laughs) university like which like are are you splitting are you like breaking the space-time continuum by just going back and forth like this like what's going on my guy
2: it is it it is funny because in some ways like i'm very more extra because i am in the i am literally like submerged in this nerd culture there yeah and here, y'all give me a little bit of a facelift and a little more freedom to be <laughs> more of the human side.
0: Uh,
1: you're welcome. Jake. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Uh You know, uh, I don't do any other podcasts anymore about the USC Network Original Series, Monk. Um, but yeah, just uh, thank you guys for listening. And Jerome, I assume you're going to give all the plugs for everything up yes, with sir. the whole show. So.
0: Yeah, uh if you like the show, definitely uh rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. Uh you can find us on Twitter at MC University Pod. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mc University Pod. Uh the Discord has been bumping. Yes, it's been
1: amazing. Out. It's
0: been crazy. And like uh shout out to all of y'all who are on there uh just talking about this movie nonstop. I think we're gonna try to get on with them for a little yeah. bit. We're gonna do a little live yeah. chat going on. Yep. Uh Probably on the day of this uh, releasing. Is that correct, Jake?
1: Uh, wait, AC. What? what no. What, what, I thought tomorrow doesn't work for you, right, AC? I uh,
0: yeah. I would say Wednesday feels
1: Wednesday. like a better day. Wednesday. We will day. figure Wednesday this feels... out. Yeah, probably, probably Wednesday, Wednesday. But out. we'll let you know tomorrow. We'll let you know.
0: All right, perfect. <laughs> well, anyway, and then you can find me uh, on Instagram at Black Dragon Roll and on Twitter at Jumpy Lime. Maybe one day. Free more, Black, Dragon, free Black, Dragon, Black Roll. Dragon Roll. Who knows? Always. <laughs> 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 but uh, all that said, thank you so much for listening. And uh, this was a fantastic movie a fantastic time with all of you uh y'all be good